know, I don't want to say, I don't want to say an afterthought, but not really in contention for competitive, you know, results uh, at this point in time, but then they get two wins in a row and boom, they're up there. That's early season for you. Yeah. Six oh, yeah. points. Cause like, cause so look at how many, how many, how many clubs have four, four points right now. Yeah. There's it's like, the four, entire mid part of four the clubs, four clubs with four points after this weekend. It's ninth through 12th. And then eighth through fifth is sitting on five points. Man. Close table. Yeah. We all knew it was coming though. Yeah. But, I switched uh, the stream yeah. on too, by the way. And you have some clubs that Getting have only played it. three matches like Northern Colorado and Ford Madison. And then you have others like Charlotte who have played six. Hmm. So that helps too. Uh, Charlotte and Tormenta. Right. Oh. I'm looking what? forward to seeing uh, how Ford Madison does against Charlotte next weekend. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's so going to be a, that's a big test for, uh, for Ford Madison. Yeah, it is. Definitely. That'll definitely tell us what, what kind of team they have. I mean, when we were looking at them, their past matches and everything. I don't know that you learned a whole lot about them from all those matches. It seemed very like back and forth on what they can and can't do. Oh my it, gosh. Virtually every match in week seven is going to be so much fun to watch. You got Charlotte going to Ford Madison. You have Greenville hosting North Carolina. Chattanooga hosting Lexington. Mm-hmm. Tormenta hosting Richmond, uh, Union Omaha hosting Northern Colorado, and then Fuego hosting One Knox. That's yeah. damn. That's good. Be a really good one. Oh, is anybody, is anybody off? That's or is that a full slate? I think that's a full slate. Six, eight, ten. That's a full slate. Yeah, all yep. twelve teams in action. Oh, that's gonna be good. I'll see like some shakeup after uh, after next weekend. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. We're going to learn a lot about a lot of teams after this weekend. I think we'll probably learn a whole lot about Madison for sure. Yep. And we'll, we'll learn a lot about Northern Colorado too. I feel like. And then Greenville. Yeah. I think those are the biggest three Tormenta and Richmond. I think they're still kind of known quantities and like with the injuries Tormenta has and still not having, Kaziah Sterling, I mean, you really just got to hope for the best until he gets back if you're Tormenta. So, I mean, that's what they've been doing. They, uh, like they, they either win big or they, or they lose bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. No in between with that team, like whoever shows up any given week. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, you're missing arguably the best striker in the league. So, I mean, what do you, what can you really do? And it's, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with Greenville with the amount of, injuries and stuff they have like you're missing that many key parts to your team at this point you just got to try to get any points you can does greenville now have it together see that's a big question heading mm -hmm. into this next week oh this is the team that's going to test them that's for sure yeah oh it's gonna be so much fun yeah Alex, are you drinking anything tonight? No, it's uh, it's late, uh, late on a school night, so I'm uh, 
I, I stopped at a, at a brewery a little earlier uh, on the way back from Home Depot. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's been, how it's done. <laughs> sitting here. We've been sitting here watching Netflix uh, this evening. <laughs> Very cool. I have never had uh, a twisted tea before. So hmm. that's what I've got. All right. It's the, the half and half. Tea. So it's the Arnold Palmer. Yeah. How about you, Brian? Uh, I just got water. Came back from went to dinner with my parents, and kids, and wife, and my brother and his girlfriend. So had a couple of beers at at Tanner's. Man, big family outing. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. I will be right back. Yeah, I have a a beer fridge full, but it's just a little too late for me. Oh, I understand that. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. Refreshing. It's a little on the sweet side. Oh, it's a little on the sweet side, but yeah, it's not bad. Hmm. That'd be really good for like a a hot summer day. But uh, no more taking a break from the Modelo tonight. Oh, I do have a bunch of Modelos I could dip into, but yeah. I think I'll stick with the iced tea or the twisted tea for now. How's the um, how's the beer selection at Werner Park? Uh, if you stay on the 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 main side with the seat backs, um, not great. But if you go to like the berm side, uh, they have some local breweries that are out there, and uh, better tasting beers are over there. You just have to, you know, make the trek over there. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they're smaller serving sizes. Um, I don't know if it's higher prices. They may be like equivalent, but I mean, it's local breweries, so they're not going to give you, you know, a huge thing of uh, beer like this for the the same price, you know, but um, yeah, every single time that I go to Union Omaha matches as a fan, uh, I make the trek over there to to get a few beers from over there because I do not want like a Bud Light or anything like that i just not a fan of those beers so okay yeah fair enough how about richmond we're a little bit spoiled in richmond um yeah. makes i mean we have a we have a, a wonderful game day experience and and the, the beer selection i think is a part of that um three nice. local breweries uh, have outposts uh hardywood um three notched and bingo um, and then they also have the the standard Heineken's, uh, Bud Lights, and uh, PBRs. They introduced PBR okay. this year, okay. People's Beer of Richmond. <laughs> um, and you can get um, uh, up to a 32-ounce pour. <laughs> wow. For, okay. I think, $11, which is, you know, that's not a bad deal for a professional sports. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. That's cool. I keep trying to tell my buddy to to go to a Richmond match. I don't know if he's been to one yet, but I keep uh, I keep bothering him about it because he likes to drink local beers and uh, he's a big soccer fan. So it seems like the perfect world for him to be there. Yep. Yeah. Word's gotten around town that uh, it's a it's a fun experience and they're showing up by the thousands. Yeah. When he first moved out there, uh, he sent me a picture of City Stadium as he was driving by and he said. 
I didn't know Richmond had a soccer team. And I thought, <laughs> man, listen up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do for 30 years. Yeah. I remember uh, even while I was living in Virginia, um, hearing about uh, Richmond, but I didn't, I don't remember hearing a ton about them. But I do remember like in passing, oh yeah, there's a there's a soccer team down south. Whereabouts in Virginia were you uh were you based? I was Alexandria. Okay. Yeah, I've lived in Alexandria before. Yeah. My uh dad was with the military at the time and um so he needed the the shorter commute, so it just seemed best to be up north, you know, in Fairfax County and so he could just jump into well hi I, I don't mean to say jump because traffic out there is horrible but yep. um yeah it just seemed to make sense to to have a a residence in proximity to the pentagon yep yeah brian we were talking about the the game day experience in richmond man it sounds like a, a good one we need to check it out sometime yeah for sure uh it's definitely on my bucket list of places to go um I know I've got a trip to Georgia this year. I'm going to try to go somewhere else, but my brother also invited me to uh, go to Vegas with him because he's got a he's got a conference out there. So me and my other buddy are going to go out there with him. Nice. So. Yeah, Alex, I was going to try to make it out there this year, but uh, Union Omaha and Richmond play on a Friday, so it just didn't seem to make sense. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Friday when, weekday matches are just so dumb. Like I get why they do it, but yeah, I hate them. Yep, I agree. Here in Warner Park seems to elicit a lot of discussion, huh? I don't know the comment. Allison said in the chat. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, Alex was ask, asking about the the beer selection at Warner Park, so. I told him oh. over on like the main stands, there's uh, not much because it's like Bud Light and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But if you go over to like the berm side, they have that uh, that um, down draw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where they have the, the local breweries over there. Yeah, it's right behind. I don't think anybody ever sees it because it's behind where the camera sits at Warner. Yeah, yeah. If you ever watch any AAA baseball, you see it. Yeah. Yep. All right, so Alex, Richmond had the week off. So how are you feeling about the other teams? Are any of them scaring you, especially with, uh, oh, who's coming to Richmond this week? Who did we Tormenta. say that was? Tormenta, We're yeah. traveling to yeah, Tormenta. They're going, they're going after, to Tormenta. After the D.C. United match, uh, we are going oh, to South right. Georgia. Oh, that's right. D.C.'s on, was it Wednesday? Yes. Ooh. That's going to be that's gonna be a tough and, one. And and Wayne Rooney has um, he seems like he's going to be a little bit more into it uh, than than past uh, past coaches. Yeah, he even said um, midweek last week that he knew who he was going to be putting out there on the field. Yeah, so that's a little bit worries worrisome, but um, especially after the way DC United played this weekend. Um, so we'll see. Um, <laughs> you know, you like you want to win, you want to move on, uh, but. Uh, I don't know. Last year we faced a uh, you know a not so great uh, B side of a not so great Charlotte FC and lost five to one at home. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a little bit concerning, but you know it is what it is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to wonder if, because it's Wayne Rooney and playing over in England and everything, if he's going to always take those uh, those cup matches more seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, they do trot out, you know, B squad and stuff like that for those over there. But at the same time, that's still high caliber of, play. Yeah, matter of pride. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been so great to see uh, Wayne Rooney in, in City Stadium, though, if we had gotten that home draw. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, that's man. true. I was so looking forward to that. That's why I should always go to the lower division side. They should yeah, always yeah. host. Like, like we all we we practically sold it out when when Charlotte FC came and they they brought nobody mm-hmm. and then you know have like Wayne Rooney come as the coach of DC United and be standing there <laughs> behind the the crowd like it would be nuts. But yep. I don't. Are think you going to go to it? No, I'm not unable to go. Yeah. Oh, that's it's tough, especially when they're on. Is that Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Yeah. Especially on a Wednesday night, man. It's... Yeah. How far is DC from Richmond? It's a uh depending on traffic, it could be anywhere from two to four hours. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, the two hours um, doesn't sound too bad, but four hours on a weeknight is yeah. It's tough. I go up there often for work and I'll usually take the train, but if you go up there for a night event, there's no trains back. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. You can get there, but then you have to stay overnight. Yeah. I saw that there's some like luxury buses that are starting up in your area too. Um, uh, wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah. But... So, you know, like Megabus, it's just, I mean, it's like a, a coach bus. That... I'm familiar with Megabus. <laughs> yeah. But this is like a, a step up. Like they only have like 12 okay. to 18 seats on this bus. And you have your own little tiny cubicle where you can like put the blinds up and everything. And it looks like a nice setup. Like I sounds expensive. Yeah. It's a little on that side. Yeah. That was the fun (laughs) of Megabus. It's like, it's dirt cheap and you get rattled around and you're probably going to get car sick, but you'll, you'll make it to Philadelphia (laughs) and back in one piece. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you can really ask for. Right. But yeah, uh, we then we go to Tormenta, um, and we'll you know we'll see what what Tormenta side shows up, um, mm-hmm. who shows up, um, who's available to play for Tormenta. But um, I don't know, like I'm I'm feeling like we're due to start opening up the goal scoring. Um, okay. We have two goals in four matches. Yeah, Trizaghi has none. Uh, yep. He scored two in the Open Cup against Cleveland, but has none in the regular season yet. Um, doesn't even have that many touches. Um, just, I, I think, I, you know, it feels like we're having trouble just getting getting good uh, chances towards him. Um, and it's not like we haven't had, you know, we've got, I think we have one from Belmar and one from uh, Owen Gordon. Um, so it's like we can get these chances to these guys. It's just we haven't been able to get them to Emmy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think a big part of it is that we lost Jonathan Bolaños in the offseason. season. Um, I don't know yep. if you saw his his goal today. It's been making the rounds um, with Huntsville. Um, he's seems like he's doing great things there. Um, but yeah, he was a big part of it. Um, he assisted on a lot of those goals last year, and he he made things happen in the midfield. And um, we also lost Ethan Bryant. Um, he yep. made a lot of things happen. Um, so you know, I think we're due. Um, we're gonna figure it out. But it, it you know it's getting to that point where it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like so. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Richmond is one of those clubs where Terzaghi doesn't start 
very hot. It takes him several weeks to kind of get into the groove, but then once he finally does, I mean, things just start clicking. Yeah. I don't know if it's so much him or if it's just, you know, the people that are supposed to be feeding and feeding him the ball. Um, but yeah, yeah. that I, I think you're right. So well, and replacing see. players, like you said, Bolaños and Brian, I mean, those are two very difficult players to replace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Does, does uh, Emmy usually get that many touches before I mean, he scores. I mean, most of the time, it seems like he's kind of poaching goals or just being in the right spot to one tap him yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's true. I'm sure they'll they'll round him into form, like like you guys were saying. I mean, it, it might take him a little bit, but when he does, he catches fast, and he'll put five or six in in the matter of, what, two matches or something like that. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, He'll be golden boot leader by like week nine. <laughs> yeah, probably. So speaking of golden boot winners, uh, how about uh, Rafa Mensingen? Man. Yeah, that dude is um, lighting it up. He is. Uh, he is doing exactly as I I thought he would do. I mean, that's that and more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had. Uh, and then two, two against, against Chattanooga. Yeah. Yep. Celebrated both of them too, which is a big no-no. I know. I oh, he, I was just about to say the same thing. Yeah, he he's he's big on his celebrations. Uh, yep. Gives all all the glory, you know. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's his thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I I like it. I like it. I think I you know I, that stuff doesn't bother me. I, I like that 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 celebration. Um, big hockey fan, you know. Hockey hockey players love to do it too. Um, yep. I, you know, it, 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 it never bothers me unless it's like something, I don't know, especially like flagrant or, or I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's okay. Sure. I'm, uh, I'm cool with it as long as it's not against my team. It's pretty much. <laughs> yeah. If anybody yeah. else wants to do it, I guess, yeah, sure. Go ahead. But the minute a former Omaha player does it in Omaha to the Omaha bench, that's where I'm, uh, that's when I'm against it. Who's exactly. a, a significant former Omaha player that that could potentially score a goal this year? This year, uh, Devin. I would Boyce. say the biggest. Yeah, Devin, Devin Boyce, Boyce yeah. that's the big one. Uh, I would yeah. say another big threat is uh, Toby Otieno. Yeah, Toby. Okay. He's uh he's having a good season down at Tormenta. He is. Knutson too down in Tormenta. Knutson, yeah. He's not much of a, he, he's he's not so much a goal scorer, is he? Or I guess he's capable. He's um, capable, but he's not. Corner kick. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. He's a big, he's a big body. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm shocked it took so long for him to get signed. Yeah. Yeah i I was shocked that Omaha didn't re-sign him. To be honest. Yeah. That that was one that I was really kind of scratching my head. Like, how have we not signed one of our three-year starting center backs? Like, yeah, yeah, doesn't make sense. But then looking at the signings that we did get, I'm like. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's basically a sideways move for as far as quality, so. Yeah. Yep. And Allison and I, Allison and I were actually chatting about this uh, yesterday. Um, you know, Knudsen was, is one of those players that you're not worried about red cards. He's, he's not going to be one of those players who's going to have any of those harsh challenges that's going to get him in trouble. But with uh, Union Omaha center backs this year, Swahi and Palacios, um, 
Yeah, I'm worried, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. I don't think it'll be too long before we see them getting into card trouble and uh, fans reacting <laughs> and, <laughs> and as they mm-hmm. do. Um, but it'll it'll be, certainly be entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Palacios is a very he's a very physical player. Yeah, yes. Seeing him mix it up with uh, Cheney uh, during that match was, oh man, that was yeah. so much fun. Brian, you probably heard a lot more chatter down there than I did, but even from up top, like just the the body language of seeing them interacting was mm-hmm. was fun to watch. Yeah, there was Cheney's a uh, he's a shit talker for sure. Um, backs it up most of the time though, so I mean it's one of those deals where the dude talks a lot of shit, but he also puts in goals. So. Uh, but yeah, there was quite a bit of chatter. But I mean, most the voice I heard all the time was Cheney. Cheney was loud about everything. And I mean, it was complaining about calls and it was also like kind of setting up the rest of the team. Like, I need you to be here to feed me here. Like, he knew exactly what he needed to do. Yeah. So he seems like a really smart player. Like, he knows what every position on the pitch should be doing. So it feels yeah. like he's really bought into that system, which good for madison because that's exactly what they needed yeah all right so looking back wednesday we had the the charlotte omaha match that went zero zero um as much as i would love to say that it's a good draw for union omaha uh at the same time man they were looking really good that night i you know, probably should have won that one, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, they had enough tap-ins. I mean, it it, it took Austin Pack to have a career-type game to keep Omaha out of, out of the goal. Yeah. That dude was nuts. Yeah. Everything yeah, he looked at was saved. Yeah. You might be seeing two of the uh, goalkeeper of the year nominees on that, on that pitch that night. Yeah, seem that yeah, way. Easily. It's early. It's early, but they both put up a uh, you know put up their case. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, just Austin look Pack. At... Like, yeah, Austin Pack. Like he, um, what he didn't, he didn't, he played for Hartford for the first half of last year, and then like came back to Charlotte and was on the bench behind Zendejas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, now he's like back to you know back to his 2020, 2021 form. I was looking at his his past performance with Charlotte back when Charlotte was in the championship, and he had I think it was twenty twenty one. He had uh, five clean sheets, including like four in a row. Wow! Like he's I don't know what happened last year. I honestly don't know. Um, yeah. But um, I did you know, didn't pay any attention to what he was doing last year and <laughs> didn't look too far into it. But yeah, he he kind of has come back into form. It seems. Yeah. yeah. He faced nine shots on target on Wednesday and saved them all. So, yeah. And there in the second half, I think I even saw uh, Union Omaha had a couple chances in the goal area, not the penalty area, the goal area. Mm-hmm. And he was he was blocking them. I mean, just crazy. There were benefits from Omaha not being able to put one to really make it uncomfortable for him, but I mean. At the end of the day, he did his job. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, and Omaha was coming off of that was like their fourth match in fourteen days, right? Something like that. It was I think yeah, you're right. Quite a bit, yeah. They played on fifteenth and the nineteenth. Eighth. Including open cup. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Charlotte, so you know, I, I still put Charlotte as my number one in my power rankings this week. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's theirs until until someone takes them down. Yep. I do kind of feel like they dialed it in against Fuego. Yeah. Um <laughs> Fuego, you know, Fuego didn't didn't do themselves any favors, obviously. Yep. Um <clears throat> but uh, you know, it, it Charlotte's now going on that that same uh they're, they're they just they just had a, like a, a long break and now they're going on that same like i think they're gonna have four matches in, in 14 days mm-hmm. so i think the question with them is can they can they keep up their energy because they they looked a little tired against fuego and then Overton went out early 42nd minute with a uh with an injury mm-hmm. it seemed like they didn't announce anything but it seemed like he was a little like he was limping a little bit um, you know, Ibarra normally only lasts about 60, 65 minutes. You know, I think it's going to be, uh, interesting to see if they can, if they can keep up the energy. Yeah. They, they don't have a, uh, an easy schedule either. They got Madison at Matt Ford, Madison, at Madison yep. Yep. and then home versus Greenville on the third. And then on the 13th, they're at Lexington. Which Lexington is one of those teams that it's really difficult to figure out because they they do play so they're such a physical team that I feel like the end of that kind of stretch going and playing Lexington on the final match in like fourteen you know, however many days yeah it, it's going to be pretty chippy so we'll see yeah. if they have enough enough in the tank because like you said Alex they were already looking a little bit winded so. Yeah, if you're going to win against Lexington, you're going to have to earn it. They're going to make you earn it. That's true. Unfortunately for um, Lexington, they they have been earning it against them. So, yeah. They're still still down there. So, controversial question here for you guys. I'm looking at Charlotte's roster. Do you think they have the roster depth to carry them through those tight schedules? That's the question. Because um, I'm looking at the yeah. roster, and it looks like they're they're very top heavy. But I'm wondering once they start, you know, pushing some of those subs in, if they have enough, you know, power to to really follow up with the starters. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately, yes. Okay. Um. I don't know. Last year, I mean, they they didn't have that much. You know, the core was about the same last year, except for Dane Kelly, and mm-hmm. they kind of snuck there, snuck into the playoffs. One thing I know that um, that Jeffries has been doing with his subs to to kind of mask any sort of you know perceived weakness in their roster depth is he's been having Trezor and Buyu as one of their their subs. So even though you're taking off a player, maybe you're taking off. Gabriel Overton, maybe you're taking off Corey Bennett, but if you're substituting on uh, Trezor and Buyu, that gives the that sort of facade that oh yeah these guys have roster depth. 
but yeah, or or Bennett. Sometimes they they'll switch Bennett. out. Yeah. yeah. So, um, having a player like Trezor and Buyu that comes off the bench to to replace those guys certainly leads to some sort of roster strength. But I'm not sure if you look at you know some of the midfielders. Like if you start looking down some of the as it goes down farther and farther, um, how you guys feel about their roster strength? But I'll tell you what, man, that's starting 11, even their number one, number two subs. I mean, that's a crazy strong group of guys. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they, they look strong and I mean, it just really comes down to it's what every team is going to have to deal with this year. It's because all the teams are kind of more, the talent is more spread out across all of these teams. You're going to have to have your main guys play longer minutes. So um, it comes down to injuries and stuff like that. I mean, we saw it last year too with injuries or changing the way the game was, you know, sure wins changed and became losses because of injuries and stuff like that. But um, that's going to be a big part of it. And then just, just keeping those guys fresh. So maybe you do, want to get out of the open cup early to make sure your guys are um make sure you guys are rested and recharged between matches but it's also subbing in those guys which i mean they have that i know they maybe only have like one or two guys in depth but if you can keep those main guys switched out you know so that starting 13 can be any of those guys could be the in the starting 11 I mean, they can pretty much play anywhere too. It seems like so. With especially with that style, I mean, that style is get forward and score goals. So yeah, I mean, you get a bunch of attacking players. You can just throw a bunch of attacking midfields into and just send them. Yep, and they play Charleston Battery on Tuesday at seven Eastern time. Alex, Eastern time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. So that'll be a good one. That'll be a fun one to watch. And oh, they're they're the away team, so yeah. But that's not a, a far uh, away trip either. So if fans are hoping to go to that one. That's not a bad one to go to. Well, I mean, bring up the elephant in the room with the fans. Um, you know, drawing less than five hundred people two day, two matches in a row. Yeah. That's that I, I I always wonder if that like has anything to do with like Charlotte's kind of like the the players seeming a little bit not that motivated and I mean they you know they got the job done but mm-hmm. they, they seem to have dialed it in during you know against Fuego and that had you know that can't be that can't be great. No, it's, sure, it's not a great feeling. Got a few fans and I understand like weeknight match and then and then they have they're also competing with a, a Charlotte FC home match. Mm-hmm. On, yeah. uh, on saturday um but wow um i hope they can improve that attendance they claim they had over three thousand on the first match um but yeah yeah we don't think we saw that <laughs> yeah so i i could be wrong in saying this but i think there are, are some i think there are rules that are uh, surrounding the the whole attendance uh records and i think you can even include stadium workers in that figure. So if you're looking at the, the stewards that are there, if you're looking at the uh, concessions, people, the front office, people working up in the booth, um, it can includes players and coaches too. 
security coaches players yeah it all starts to add up pretty quickly Mm -hmm. Uh, so some of those figures you kind of have to take with a grain of salt but if you're looking at clubs like richmond or ford madison um you know those are ones that you don't have to worry about too much because you can see it it's all in the stands like you you know it Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah i know nebraska uh, college football that's how they do their is they count stadium staff coaches players all that stuff it would not shock me if that's how they did as well and i mean you have some teams take you know tickets scanned into the door and some teams take tickets sold too so yeah Yeah. you might have sold three thousand tickets but you might have only got 500 so yeah (laughs) i mean i'm not sure they care one way or another if you sold three thousand tickets sold three thousand tickets yeah we've long said that that's about the number that that you need somewhat viable in this league is about averaging three thousand so yeah. So we had that one, and then we followed it up with the Greenville Fuego match. Greenville three zero. Greenville's first win of the season. Yeah, they needed that. Yes, they did. I feel like Fuego is going to be another one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams. Like you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to show up and all that kind of stuff, man. I'm well, not trying to downplay Greenville's win. But at the same time, like, Fuego, like, who are you? I mean, if you just look at the stats, I mean, shots and shots on target, Greenville dominated. But possession, Fuego had 63% possession. And Man. But they couldn't get a shot on goal until, what, the 70th? Yeah, it was real late yeah. after yeah. the damage was done. They They got dominated for... For dominating possession sure and i mean that just falls right into to greenville's kind of trap too though they scored early which is their big thing yep. their first goal was in the 11th minute so that right there as soon as they scored that judging by past greenville performances they get a goal they're going to sit back but yep it didn't seem that way in that match actually which was kind of shocking it didn't seem like they wanted to just sit back wanted to kind of get out a little bit that was another one where both teams, the, just the passing in this league is just not really there quite yet either. There's a lot, a lot of sloppy passes and stuff again this week. Yeah, and whenever a team, or at least fans, go on to Twitter and say, "Well, yeah, we played Greenville and we lost, but we had such and such stats," I'm like, "Yeah, but I mean, everybody has those. <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody wins possession against Greenville. I mean." They, they like to sit back. They like to let you have the ball. I mean, so you can throw out all the stats you want to to make your team look as good as possible, but at the end of the result, when you look at the scoreboard, who won? Yep. Well, especially a 3-0 victory. I mean, that's yeah, that's just a thorough beating. It's not a, it's not like a 1-0 victory. Awesome, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, if we just... I know I'm guilty of it. I did it against uh, Charlotte when Unanoma played them you know, here recently, because I was sitting there listening to all these stats, like, hey, like, Union Omaha had a, a pretty good performance, like, look at all these stats, but then, like, hey, it, it was a draw, you know? Yeah, and it sucks for Fuego, I mean, they, you know, they're probably, I'm sure they stayed in, in the area, um, considering how close Greenville and Charlotte are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, facing Greenville and losing that bad, and then having to go to Charlotte. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah um kind of felt bad for that 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 sequence of events for them but you know they yeah. couldn't get much on offense um yeah. even i mean against charlotte i think they had one shot uh one shot on target yep yeah one shot Five shots total, one on target. To Jeez. Charlotte had thirteen shots with five on target. So, and I mean that's that sucks on another level too, because you go and you play Greenville, who likes to sit back, and then uh-huh. then you have to turn around and play Charlotte, who is so attack heavy. Yeah, like that is just not a fair, not yeah. a fair way to go. Remember everything we prepared for to play Greenville? Yeah, throw all that out the window. We're going to do the exact opposite against Charlotte. <laughs> yep. That is... next speaking. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't even know if Fuego is equipped to deal with that much offense. Their defense doesn't look that great most of the time. So yeah, that's that was kind of a lose-lose situation. But, I mean, honestly, hold them to one goal and down a man too that there's some bright spots definitely for fuego they're they show flashes i mean most of the teams in the league show flashes like that but that's that was kind of a if there was ever a moral victory i think that qualifies as one of them so right now in the league you have lexington in 10th you have chattanooga in 11th and you have central valley in 12th of those three which one are you feeling the best about? Chattanooga. Okay. Brian? Uh, I'm going to say Lexington. Okay. I, I wouldn't. Uh, Lexington and Chattanooga, I, won't, I don't have them separated that far apart either. Like, they're, yeah, that's, no. they're, that's a pretty close. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. They both need to figure out what the hell they're doing, how they're actually going to play for the whole season. I would say as a complete unit, I would say Lexington, but as a defensive unit, I would say Chattanooga. Interesting. They both well, have the uh, the same the same issues with uh, a lot of possession and and sometimes not as much purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, although I think Lexington has shown they're almost there. And and Chattanooga did as well. They you know they scored two goals uh, against um, who, who did they play last last week? Uh, oh, um... Chattanooga played North Carolina on Friday, and then last week uh, on the eighth they played one Knox and two to one. One two three. Yeah, yeah, two to one. Yeah. So I think both you know they shown they can do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just a matter of doing it consistently. Yeah. Well, we'll I find know that, out. Uh, I've seen plenty of uh, Chattanooga fans getting a little vocal on Twitter, so they're they're getting a little uh, antsy. Mm-hmm. The patience is wearing Ziggy. thin. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so one of the one of the Chattanooga one, um, a new one, a podcast came out uh, recently. Let me pull up and give them a proper shout out here. Um, but they interviewed uh, Coach Ziggy, and he he even criticized the team. He said, "Like we have a lot of possession without without purpose." Um, and this was before uh, the loss this weekend. Uh, the and the the podcast is uh, the How Chattanooga oh. Rebel of Supporters. 
Let All me right. take they're a on, note of that. They're on YouTube. They uh they it looks like they just started um three weeks awesome. ago and put out their first interview was with uh with Coach Ziggy. Awesome. Awesome. We'll have to keep them in uh in the loop and or uh, I'm sorry, in our notes yeah. to chat with them some more. That's cool. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, we're going to find out real quick with Lexington and Chattanooga because they play this weekend. So, yep, that'll show uh, that'll show quite a bit of who wants it a little bit more, I guess. So while we're hyping um, other people's work, let's hype some of your work. Uh, You do League One Updater. So you have your own website. You do a little bit of podcasting. What got you into all that? Uh, honestly, I just wanted to learn more about the league um, and expand beyond Richmond. Um, after you know, after really getting into Richmond after moving here, um, and then uh, I just—I mean, it's just my natural way of doing things. That's—I mean, I'm a systems analyst and a technical writer for a living. Wow. Um, I learn by, or I, you know, I, I I teach by learning or learning by teaching <laughs> i guess <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I, basically i have to like learn stuff really quickly and then teach somebody else how to do it you know um so it's just like my natural instinct to like i guess start a website and start writing about it to learn it myself and then try to you know try to get it out there to others um That's cool. you know i was talking to um the the ceo of the richmond kickers um a couple months ago now and he said like the big thing we have is like just getting casuals more involved um yeah you know people like to come out to the games and have fun but are they really getting invested in the players in the league um and you know i i i guess i'm trying to reach more of, of those types of people yep yeah i think that's the one of the biggest struggles with uh lower division soccer is that you have so many people that come in the gates who will watch the 90 minutes of soccer and then go straight home, but they won't invest the time to look into the players, to get to know them, to learn their background and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of one of the, my motivations when um, I'm taking on stories and interviews and, and different projects that I'm doing. Cause I want to like push all the content in people's faces so that they know these players that they, right. that they have uh, more reason, more depth to, behind the cheering that they have when they're in the stands. And, um, you know, if that makes you a bigger fan for the team, then awesome. That's, that's cool. Yeah. You're doing an outstanding job with that. Um, telling those stories, uh, keep that up. That's, those are, those are great articles, especially that Tomas Dubin article was, uh, you know, that, that, that's the type of stories that, you know, I think people will need to hear people get invested in. Um, uh, so I was meaning to put this article out last week, but it's actually going to be coming out tomorrow. Um, and it's going to be about another one of the Union Omaha players. I'll, I'll spoil it here now. It's uh, Steven Dos Santos. Nice. Um, so that'll be coming out tomorrow. Um, like I said, I was supposed to have it out last week. Uh, life just kind of got in the way. But um, it's it's an article that that takes him all around the world, you know, from all of his yeah. different clubs that he's played with and, you know, winding up in under the USL umbrella for many, many years and winding up in Union Omaha and, uh, having the support from his friends and families and fiance uh, along the way. So that'll be coming out tomorrow. Um, so it's going to be a late night editing that one, re-editing it, because I've written that article like three times now or something like that. 
Yeah, and there are so many stories like that out there that need to that need to be told. Yeah, exactly. Just waiting, just waiting to be told. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so exciting for uh for you know the three of us. I mean, we have these players, we have these stories right here in front of us. It's just a matter of, you know, getting the permission from the clubs to to speak with those players, to tap into those stories and to, you know, open those those books to everybody that's out there. Yeah. And I mean it it's crazy because it does kind of fall fall on people like especially you two um the writing and stuff like that because the league i mean the league and the clubs just don't have the money or the time to to really invest that much stuff into it so it, it really takes people that um that really want to grow the game to be able to do it so i mean that's a blessing and a curse it's nice because it gives us something to do and it you know kind of gets us to talk to the players and talk about soccer with each other and stuff like that. But at the same time, you do kind of wish sometimes that more of the the club would be able to put stuff like that out, but understandably they can't really always make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a professional journalist by any means. And I certainly don't think I'll ever be a professional journalist, but um, I think that kind of lends a, kind of a, a more beneficial hand to, you know, those, the people that are covering lower division soccer, because, um, you know, it's coming from a place of passion, not a place of profession. Um, and we may not tell the the story the same way that professional journalists may, but there's still that passion behind the words and the stories that are there that are coming out to the fans. And, um, I think it's, it's cool for, for everybody that's involved in, in lower division soccer, that's trying to hype up, the players and the leagues and and all that kind of stuff because there's just so much cool stuff to tap into. Yeah, and the professional journalists aren't really doing it for our league. <laughs> yeah, no, they certainly are not doing that. <laughs> Do you have local uh, news stations that are covering Richmond? Yes, uh, when they feel like showing up. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I, you know, I, I think that the, you know, I think sometimes I think these clubs like have to like actually pay the news stations to show up. Um, it's kind of a, just a weird, you know, weird thing. Um, but yeah, uh, the Richmond Times Dispatch is our local newspaper. They have been sending someone to uh, all of the uh, the press conferences and uh, media days so far. Um, it's whether or not they actually write a story on the match. I guess depends on the excitement of the match. The or, you know, perceived to them. Mm -hmm. um, well, the, so the Richmond Times Dispatch uh, person is a former, she used to work for the club. Um, so she's she's invested into it. You know, she's she's a fan. But, you know, if, you know, is the paper going to give the space for a 0-0 a, a draw um, against sure. a team from, you know, from uh, from Northern Colorado? Yeah. Um, that, you know, but you know she does her best, um, and it's it's better than we've had in the past. Um, and then sometimes the the TV state one of the TV stations will show up um, and do a story. But Man, that's about so it. That's an injustice in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to me. Like, sorry, lost a microphone there. <laughs> it's 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 crazy to me that like you know you you get. 6,000 people in the stands. So it's a big deal for the mm -hmm. city. 
oh yeah that, that many people are showing up to these you know to this event um and that's you know that's more people than than our our minor league baseball team draws um and yet it's not really getting as much you know mainstream coverage as as it i think it should um yeah but then again i guess the counterpoint is um you know everybody who's going to be interested in reading the story was already there and then they're not going to read a story because they were there yeah i mean you're not lying like That's it, fair. You know, it could be tapping out the uh you know the the interest yeah, yeah. i suppose that's fair i mean there's not not everybody is like us who will sit and watch a match and then watch it again and then watch it again and then come and talk about it you know right so um i don't know i i enjoy doing it just because i like watching the matches and like being fully invested in something you know so i mean i get that at the same time you still even with the history that the kickers have and stuff like that just there's new people every day that can find out about them and discover them and but the only way they're going to do that is by either attending the match or seeing richmond kickers over and over and over it's like hey you know maybe i should make it to one of those matches sometime the same thing that i think every team in this league kind of has to deal with but um obviously being richmond you have the history and and all that so you got a little bit of a one-up on the rest of the league but yeah but it's showing out. I mean, Richmond has been showing out every game of the season that they've had at home. So they really have. And it started at the end of last season too. So I mean, for the playoffs, selling that place yeah. out and definitely, definitely not being over capacity. Um, yeah. For the fire marshal. Um, I mean, it's a, it's they a, were insane. It's an, it's an open stadium. It's outside. It's metal bleachers. Nothing's gonna catch <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. on fire. Yeah. And there's plenty of room on the on the on the concourse above. You know, it's a it's a the concourse is all gravel. Like it's <laughs> it's like a high school stadium. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you have nicer high school football stadiums out there. But um, yeah, it's like you know, it's like a large high school stadium. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, it's a, you know, the name recognition is definitely there. Um, but, you know, it's it's word of mouth of, of, of the game day experience, I think, is what does it to get people out to any of these any of these games. I mean, Chattanooga, I hear nothing but great things about their game day experience. Um, yeah. And they, you know, they've been regularly getting two, three thousand people. Yeah, Chattanooga is one of those uh, away days that, man, looks really enticing. Mm-hmm. And it's not a terrible drive. I mean, it's, ugh, I mean, Midwestern standards, like 12, 13 hours. Like, oh yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's a day drive. Yeah. Yeah. I've done, I've done, I've been there before to Chattanooga, not for the, not for a soccer match, but yeah, I've driven there before and it's, it's, a, it takes a day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am, I am not like Rich. If I'm going to go somewhere like that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drive out there. I'm, I'm going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't i don't like driving like when we go up every year to uh the Niagara river it's like a six hour drive and i dread it every single year it's like I wanna, dude i, I wanna, hate driving i want to say um cheyenne from between clean sheets um when she covered the uh the tormenta the championship game uh oh uh, <laughs> sorry i lost light here um <laughs> That's all right. We'll just talk in the dark until I figure it out. Um, but uh, but she took the train from Washington D.C. to Statesboro, Georgia, which I don't know if you ever tried to take a train like anywhere like south <laughs> or even in the Midwest. But uh, it was quite an adventure. Um, oh, I'm sure. I think she got 
got stuck uh she she like tweeted about it and got getting stuck uh you know just on on random delays everywhere because oh they got a lot of freight train pass <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> finally made it to statesboro in a train <laughs> from <laughs> but yeah if it's anywhere south i like to i just drive <laughs> yeah i mean it's nice because you guys got the luxury of that being on the, the east coast and how many teams are just kind of centralized over there but I mean, Madison's not, I mean, what, it's a six hour, six and a half hour drive. You would hate that drive, Brian. I, I mean, <laughs> I hate most drives anyway. So, I mean, I essentially go that way anyway. It's just once I hit Iowa, I go left instead of right. It's pretty much the only difference. Yeah, pretty much. So I my, my lights on a timer. And I guess that was <laughs> no, the, you're good. The timer to say, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do we need to let you let you go then? But I can let's let we, let's go through a couple of matches real quick. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm sounds still good. here, and then I'll yeah. All um, right. So you want to talk about week? the week six or week seven? Uh, we can skip ahead to week seven. Let's talk about cool. it. What do we got? That sounds good. Seven. Let me jump. Ahead a lot of, yeah. Uh, so the first match, week seven, Ford Madison hosting Charlotte. That's oh. it. Five PM Central. Such a good one. And it's at Bree Stevens. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine the atmosphere for that one. Should be pretty good. I mean, you got first place Charlotte and fifth place Madison. Yeah. I think Madison needs to prove themselves. This is it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, they've had a real, I mean, nothing not to dog on Omaha, but their the rest of their schedule has been, you know, a little bit on the, on the weak side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, this is the time to to show that that, that they're for real. It's going to be a shot with Charlotte at home. Yep. Oh, that one's going to be so much fun. Oh, I'm excited for that one. I agree. I still think Charlotte takes care of business. I'm not. I still think Madison is a probable playoff team, but uh, just with the firepower that Charlotte has, I, it's going to be tough for a whole lot of teams to do anything against them. To be honest. Well, I mean, another thing to consider here is that Charlotte is coming off of a, a short recovery after playing against Charleston on Tuesday. So with Fair. that little bit of rest playing two away games and traveling, you know, mm-hmm. you still think they're going to be able to get it done? Oh, I still think so. All right. I I, uh, I mean, just, just watching Charlotte, I... Every week I watch them, and the more I watch them, the worse I feel about how low I put them in my preseason rankings and like not really believing in them. I still don't think they're going to have the defense that's going to carry them the full yeah. full distance, but um, they certainly have the offense too. So so Madison will be without Jaden Onan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a big X factor there. He was so impactful against Greenville. Like two official assists three a third if should probably account as an assist sure. um and then got that red card um that being said i still think this will be when charlotte um i think this will be when charlotte finally loses Ooh, all right, all right. I think okay this- so we got a controversial take here because there are three remaining unbeaten clubs there's ford madison northern colorado and charlotte independence and so you're saying ford madison is going to be one of the undefeated teams after this match 
Yes. Okay. Okay. So we'll we'll keep the receipt. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll talk about Northern Colorado here in a little bit. But so you think Ford Madison is going to go uh, undefeated another week? Okay. So let's jump to the next match because I want to get closer and closer to that Northern Colorado match. We have Greenville Tramp hosting North Carolina at seven, just an hour later. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one because you have Greenville's defense against North Carolina's offense. Um, man, that one's going to be fun. And it's at uh, Paladin Stadium uh, there in, you know, Greenville. So uh, who you got in this one? I think North Carolina keeps on rolling. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm not, again, like nothing not to dog on, on Greenville's uh, comeback here. Um, but North Carolina is a, they're a solid team from top to bottom. Um, yeah. They don't seem to have any problems right now. Um, Greenville's, I, they're, you know, they're probably still not going to be 100%. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say North Carolina. Nick Holiday's having a hell of a season so far to start with. Alex Anderson is a beast right now. I mean, yeah. And then you got Minson and 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 Perez, um, yeah. who are just absolutely clicking like, you know, like they played together forever. Yep. Uh, so, no, we yeah. haven't talked about Tormenta yet. That's actually coming up next here. But uh, I do agree. I think North Carolina just has too much firepower for a for an injury plagued Greenville team. Uh, Soup Loops, yeah, we have, uh, thanks for joining. We have not talked about the Tormenta game. We will be talking about that here very shortly, though, because we're running through the Week 7 matches right now. All right, so we got, uh, you both have a, a North Carolina win on that one. And then a half hour later, we have Chattanooga hosting Lexington. This is a very interesting one, because we kind of talked about those lower three teams and how Chattanooga and Lexington are very close together. Um, who you got in this one? Lexington. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I also have Lexington on this one. Or I, or or a draw. Or a draw, yeah. That yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, Has, let me look something up. Yeah, you guys keep chatting. I'm gonna look up a stat here real quick. I was gonna say Lexington. Just I they haven't had a full game playing to their potential quite yet. And I don't think they're going to have another opportunity to do that um, after this for a little while. So um, I think this is going to be Lexington's game where they finally put everything together against a, a Chattanooga team that is pretty much on the same boat as them, as we talked about earlier, as far as not being able to put a full match together. But I just have more confidence in, squad down in Lexington to put it all together this week. So if they are able to win against Chattanooga, that would be their first road victory. So that would be exciting for them. Oh, for sure. And one of the, the biggest quotes that I got from, uh, uh, oh man. Um, what's, what's the, oh geez. Uh, it was in the post-match quotes for Lexington. Um, And he said it was it was something like it was Kalen Fox, and he said something along the lines of, "If you're not learning, you're losing." And he said, 
uh, no, if you're not winning, you're learning. And he said, tonight we were learning. I thought that was a really interesting quote because certainly if you're winning, you become complacent in you know, what you've done and you just stick to what has carried you to success versus if you lose, you learn from that and you move on and you grow and you develop. So I thought that was a really interesting quote. I thought that was really good. I've never heard a player say, if you're not winning, you're learning. I just thought that was a really cool juxtaposition. It's an interesting um, way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was uh, credit to Tyler Crane for, for getting that quote. I saw that in his post-match quotes that he was able to get when he was af- uh, hanging around after the match. So that was cool. Um, all right. So at the same time as Chattanooga Lexington, we have Tormenta hosting Richmond. Here we go. This is the money one. Here we go. I think Tormenta that this is hosting Richmond. Yeah, I think this is uh this is going to be one where uh, the bad Tormenta shows up and uh, Richmond takes this one. Okay. And the good Richmond shows up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not completely sold um, on either team. Um, I'm not sure which team is going to show up for either of them. Tormenta's still missing some of their big key players and stuff like that. Richmond still kind of trying to figure out exactly how they can um, bring Terzaghi into the fold, as we talked about earlier today. I mean, this one I, j- I see like a nil-nil draw. This one, I just don't know nil-nil. what team is going to show uh, up. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be competitive because both of these teams are, I mean, they're usually exciting brands of soccer to watch, so... Uh, it'll be one of those "quote unquote" exciting nil nils. Um, yeah, I mean, I did not expect yeah. a nil nil draw against Hailstorm either. I w- yeah. at least expected like a one one or a two two. Um, but like you know, the defense was good on both sides, um, and yeah. So yeah, I could definitely see that happening as Tormenta as well. So, Alex, I got a question for you. Uh, I don't know that I've looked into this too much to see, but I know that there were several matches where Akira Fitzgerald was not playing. Has he played yet this season? I believe he only played in the first match against Greenville. Um, okay. He His uh, wife had a baby, so he's on like uh, he's still on the oh. bench. Oh, um, right. he's uh, you know he's kind of doing a great job. He's also the goalkeeping coach. Um, okay. So he's he's doing a kind of a great job, like kind of passing the torch on to Will Palmquist. It seems like nice, um, but yeah, he's he's there on the bench, but just not you know not playing because you know he's spending more time with his family uh, yeah. for now. Family, We've yeah. certainly heard the uh, the name Will Palmquist before, so yeah, we're we're no strangers to that name. Um, man, that's awesome! Congrats to Akira. I I um, remember hearing that uh, his wife gave birth, but I don't. I don't remember hearing that. Yeah, it had a huge. I don't remember associating that with him missing those matches. So that's that's really cool that he's taking time out to. Um, yeah, he only technically missed one. Um, I brought in our academy goalkeeper um, Eli Mumford uh, in backup for that one, but yeah, he he came back to. He's been on the bench um, and still coaching. Has Palmquist always been with Richmond? I feel like for some reason his his name yeah. is striking a chord with like North Carolina. I'm not sure. He was with Richmond last year, for sure. Um, beyond that, I, I couldn't tell you. Top of my head. Let me take a look here. Um, 
but um, our other uh, our back other backup last year was Austin Causey, who is now uh, starting at uh, at Lexington. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, doing a, a fairly decent job there. Um, nice. So I think that's a, a big credit to Akira Fitzgerald. So Palmquist uh, was with uh, for college. He played at Denver. And then he played at New Mexico United in 2021 and then came to Richmond after that. Yep. 2022. So, okay. yeah. Nice. Um, and then we have Soup Loops uh, here, our resident Tormenta fan, saying, I feel like both teams have been struggling offensively. Terzaghi hasn't scored in league play yet. Sterling probably won't be there. I don't see it being a very high-scoring game, maybe a 1-1. But yeah. Tormenta has also been struggling defensively too, and Richmond has not, so it could be bad for them in that regard. Yeah, yeah Tormenta Tor- has like you know it depends on like what Tormenta shows up. Um, yeah, like like uh, I mean Preston Kilwin is he's he's good when he's there. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's he's solid. Yeah. Um, let's see who else do we have on there. Kilwin had that stupid red card, but I mean that was. Yeah. And that then was, it was a disaster when he missed the next match. Yeah, yeah. Like they, and yeah, they've been dealing with quite a few injuries there at Tormenta. Um, right, so that's I, why they brought in uh, uh, Dalton. Um, yeah, exactly. To replace uh, Dengler when he went down. Yep. Yep. Which I mean, he's he's done well enough at about as well as you can coming in and as an emergency situation like that. They haven't looked totally disjointed, but they haven't looked totally together in that defensive unit. So who knows? Like you said, Alex, it depends on what team shows up. And they're just, and when they do show up, they're, they're scrapping together these goals from, from, you know, all over the place. Um, had two early on, uh, that Mateus Cassini goal. Like, did you guys see that? Nope. (laughs) One that like defies the laws of nature. (laughs) He had about an inch to put it in and somehow found it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he assisted on the other one. Like, like when, like, like seeing him show up like that, it was just, you know, that's, that's kind of what we expected for him. You know, I, he played for what for forward Madison last year. And I I heard, I heard, you know, he was a little bit inconsistent at times. Like when he's on, he's on. And then other times he, you know, he's just, getting fouls and, and not, but yeah. um yeah, he was on. um So like I said, it just, it depends on which Tormenta shows up. And it depends yep. on if Terzaghi can get rolling too. Cause I mean, like we said yeah. earlier, it's it, when he gets on, it's quick. He comes on real fast when he actually gets on. So maybe that's this game for him too. Could take advantage yep. of that East male Tormenta defense. Yeah, but then we've been we've been playing the uh, kind of a tandem with um, Carlton Belmar and um, Owen Gordon, um, mm-hmm. switching them out. Uh, one will start, one will come in in like the 60th, 60th minute, um, and they both have a goal. So it's you know that that can work, um, but those yeah. two guys, man, I tell you what, man, those two guys are exciting players to watch. And then All Super right. Loops jumped, jumped in and said, I think Corey is going to be one to watch this year. Three goals in three games. Yeah, Jackson Corey is definitely a player to watch for Tormenta. Yeah. Um, he's kind of stolen the limelight from Kaziah Sterling and McQuillie Um 
Yeah. Even Kingsford to Jay. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they've been. It's they they haven't been really utilizing um, a Jay as much as I I had expected. Um, you know, I don't know what's you know who knows the you know the coaching decisions there, but um, he's been he's been kind of off the bench. Uh, it seems like. Yeah. But then again, yeah. like a, he he worked very well with Sterling last year. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they're they're going to be a completely different team when Sterling comes back. I feel like maybe more offensive, and if their defense is still injured and all that stuff, they might not be that. I think it'll give them a new kind of dimension and kind of space that that team out a little bit. Sterling's a really good player and one that can really. So, yeah, maybe they tailor it to more counterattacking style once he gets back. But he's got to get healthy yeah. and get back. I mean, I hope he comes back. The league, the league needs him. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Just after they play Richmond, right? <laughs> <laughs> From a rich as a Richmond fan, yes. As a league fan, you know, I you know I kind of <laughs> want him back. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then we have Union Omaha hosting Northern Colorado. I'm excited for this one. It, it, I'm bummed out that we're not going to be able to have the the guys over at Linners and Woozers uh, come hang out with us. But uh, um, we reached out to them, and both those guys are busy. But we're going to have uh, – oh, I think we're going to have Rico on Friday night uh, join us for the the hype, you know, match for the weekend and everything. But um, that's a good Northern Colorado club coming to Omaha. Yeah, this is a tough one to uh to predict. Yeah. I think this is probably the hardest the hardest one to predict of all of them. For me at least. Uh you know, I could see this being a a, a 1-1 draw and, I, and and I hate to I hate to use a draw as a prediction. You know, you always yeah. want a win or a loss. Um so I'm going to go with uh and, and don't boot me off your show, but I'm going to go with Hailstorm <laughs> on this one. <laughs> I don't uh, blame you for saying that either. Yeah. Tim hopping in saying impossible border park doesn't host soccer matches. <laughs> um, yeah, that it'll be uh, Omaha coming back to, to Warner park. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to get my tailgate spot back and do that. Um, Tim also saying union drama for a reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough because I feel like we still, we still don't know that much about Omaha. Um, and I feel like Northern Colorado is already kind of a known quantity. You kind of know what you're going to get from them. You know how they're going to play. Um, we're going to get a relentless attack. Yes. yes. And it's, and they are very good. Um, how, however that happened, they went from last year to this year. I mean, they were kind of on that, that uphill, um, trajectory last season, barely missing out on the playoffs. So it looks like it's carried over for them. Well, but I think talent-wise, I think Omaha has the better, more talented side. Whether or not that side has completely gelled yet, I mean, they'll have a match on Tuesday against St. Louis that they'll have to worry about first. Yeah. Um, so that that might put a, a damper on things. But St. Louis is not that far of a drive, really, team. So No, it's only like six and a half hours. Yeah. And the, the club is flying, though, so they're not going to be sitting on that bus for all that time. There you go. Um, so what I noticed about 
hailstorm last week when they were in Richmond. Um, watch out for uh, Bruno Rendon. Um, so he's a he was their center back. Um, he is a very uh, physical defender. Okay. Um, he he kind of kind of gave us fits in the backfield a lot. Was he paired um, with Cornwall? Yes. Um, and yeah, as, as far as like, you know, he, he, he's a big guy, um, and he used his side, his size, uh, you know, definitely to his advantage. Um, very chippy. Um, he's, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's one of the reasons why like their, you know, their defense is, is still good, even though they're such a relentless offensive attack with, uh, you know, they bring up their defenders on the offense and can still get back and, and stop things in the back. Yeah. So what you're saying is Noe Meza should not be on his side and it should be Steven Dos Santos going yes. at him because those are two very big dudes. Yes. <laughs> We're going to see some big boy soccer on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And I mean, I was just surprised like, like to see them up close um, and, and, you know, how, you know, you don't really think about our league having like that, you know, I guess we haven't, we don't really have like that big of players in the past, but like this year, it seems like we've, it's a lot we've more stepped up on, on size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I mean, Hailstorm's roster, I mean, top to bottom back on defense, you were just mentioning that center back paired up with Cornwall. They got Breck Evans, Arthur Rogers back on the back line. Then you move into the, the midfield. I mean, you still got Jackson Dietrich. You got Stefan Lukic. Um, do not sleep on Norti Norti. I mean, uh, Norti Norti. Sorry. I always screw up his name. It's always flipped because they're so similar. Exactly. One player to watch for Hailstorm that I don't think gets enough uh, discussion is Enoch Kwakwa. That guy can play. And in the, the short amount of minutes that he's had with Northern Colorado, he's shown that he should be playing more minutes on the field. And then obviously there's Irvin Para. I mean, he hasn't been playing a whole lot. He's been sitting out for personal reasons. Um, but man, I mean, that is a team that is relentless in their attacks. They're a constant threat. They're and very then, um, fast. Oh, it's just, they're going to be so much fun to watch. Brandon Rosas made his debut against Richmond as well. Um, he yep. did not have a shot, but, uh, you know, he was, he, he still has the speed. Um, he was he was quick on his feet. Uh, I think he ended up playing 63 or 65 minutes, um, but he started, uh, made his debut. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's known known to score a lot of goals in Mexico is what they say. Um, yep. And as much as we talk about Union Omaha coming back from that trip in St. Louis for the Open Cup, uh, Northern Colorado has their own away trip that they're going to be traveling to Colorado Springs to play switchbacks. And that's going to be a very emotional match for them because it's going to be, you know, a rematch of, of, oh, no, no, no. they, they beat the switchbacks in the last round and they're playing uh, the Rapids. Oh, they're playing they, Rapids. Yeah. Playing Rapids. Rapids yep. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, even still, I mean, it's another emotional match for them. Um, yep. That oh, they're going to be in it to win it. Exactly. So if whether you look at it as Northern Colorado winning or losing, I mean, are they going to be able to get over that emotional, you know, celebration or I don't know, hump to 
uh, return to results against Union Omaha on the road. I mean, it's it's going to be quite the uh, the storyline to follow for them. Yeah, they're they're so far undefeated on the road. Yeah. Yeah, Which, I, I mean, th- last season they were a big road team, too. Uh, they were a weaker home club last season. Well, yeah, I mean, it's tough when your home is always moving. Essentially, they were a road team all season long. So True. <laughs> um, True. I, d- I don't think it, it lasts after this weekend. I think it has a consistency and power to be able to get it past um, the hailstorm. Plus, playing at Warner, it, I think it's going to suit some more of um, – Omaha's guys just because it's such a smaller pitch and it's going to have to be more technical. And I just, I trust guys with uh, like Gallardo to just, he's a fantastic technical. Player. So yeah, um, I think he's going to do yeah. quite a bit of damage to, to Northern Colorado. And that position battle between Gallardo and Brito, no matter who is playing between those two, it's going to be a, a very technical player who relies on finesse uh, and, you know, technique to, to get it done. And I mean, that's, that's the lovely part between those two players, no matter who's playing, you know what you're going to get from them. Well, and plus the weather's not going to be horrible, at least this far out. It's not going to be horrible about around 60 degrees, kind of cloudy, but, um, and it's a night match, you know, seven o'clock our time. Um, back at Warner Park, so hopefully we see closer to the attendance that we saw last season, somewhere around that 33, 3,500 people. Um, I think the guys will be excited for it, so I, I, yeah. I'm going to take Omaha three to Okay. Nice, man. Uh, we got Tim Howerton throwing in some comments here. We got... Uh, Tailgate spots are great, but the berm is my favorite supporter section in the league. Something about not having seats to get in the way. Yeah, that's true. I'd love to see that feature in the future stadium. I'm sure they're definitely keeping that into consideration in the in the stadium plans. Um, or the drinking rails or uh, safe standing spaces. Exactly. Something like that would be good, too. Yeah. Uh, followed it up with, Dos Santos can barely fit out uh, of the team tunnel in Warner. I hear it was $25,000 expansion in the off season just so he could get through without touching. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he expects Northern Colorado to have a better shot, <clears throat> excuse me, to beat Colorado Rapids than Union Omaha to beat St. Louis. If Northern Colorado loses, but has a better showing than we do, they will be flying super high. I can, yeah, I, I agree with both of those statements. Yeah. I have a feeling St. Louis is going to throw a few more, of their big league guys in than than the Rapids will. So uh, yeah, especially with it being their first open cup. I mean, you're obviously going to want to make it in that as far as you can. And just with the bench strength MLS has over. So, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't always mean something, but I think they're going to throw a few more starters than, than we, most people would expect. Yeah. Man, St. Louis is flying high right now. I just I don't I don't know about that one. That's gonna be I'm gonna be yelling at the TV a lot that night. That's for sure. <laughs> I wish uh, I could be down there for for that one, but both of my transportation options fell through. So I'm gonna be doing my coverage from home that night. Yep. It's gonna be a damn good one, though. That's gonna be fun. 
yeah, I wish I could have gotten a little bit more time off work to do that, but running job sites and stuff is kind of makes it difficult to take time off in short yeah. span, you know? Yep. All right. And then to close out week seven matches, the only match on Sunday is Fuego hosting one Knox. And is this Fuego's first home match? No, it's their second. I think second, second. Yeah. Should be their third, but it's, yes, yeah, their second. Yeah. They did have that, uh, friendly against Pachuca at home, but, um, yeah, they hosted Union Omaha earlier in the season. And I mean, I feel like I'm going to be saying this all season long, but I, I just, I still don't know what to expect from one Knox. Yeah. And they're going to be without, uh, Kelly Rosales who had a red card. Yep. Um, probably still going to be without, uh, uh, James Thomas who went out, um, week two, I think. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I think, I'm going to go with Fuego on this. They I, they drew last time in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think at home, uh, Fuego, well, they'll be without Adrian Vera, but I don't think he's as big of an impact as Kelly Rosales. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Fuego. And they have a, a couple of strong keepers and Ant-Man and then Mitchell North. And I'm looking at their yeah. defense. Ant-Man's still, Ant still hurt. Yeah, um, he is. Haven't heard otherwise. Yep. But... Their midfield is where they really get the, the work done. Obviously, you have Jose Guerrero-Garcia, William uh, Hijev, Diego Casillas, Ozzy Ramos. Guerrero-Garcia um, will probably not be there either. Um, I agree, yeah. He, yeah, I think he's still dealing with some of these issues. And then they have Sharif J. Um, where's uh, they don't have this listed on their site. Uh, Jaramillo, isn't he on the? Ar yeah, it's uh, Arce Jaramillo. Yeah, they don't have him listed in here. Oh, there it is. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah. yeah, sometimes it'll go by yeah different names on wherever some depending on where you see it. Yeah. Jaramillo's on his jersey. Arce yeah. was his, you know, his last. Uh, yeah. I d I just don't know how to call this one. Uh, two teams that I just, I, I, every time I've tried to pick the either of these two teams, I've, I've been wrong. So that's um, where you pick a draw. That, that's exactly where <laughs> I was going with that. I just, I can't figure either of them out. So you're getting a one-one draw. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one Knox I, is yeah they they uh yeah they they haven't quite got it together like I think a lot of us thought they would at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought one Knox was going to be a lot farther along than they they currently are. Uh, Tim saying Fuego has one goal in their last four games and it was against Knoxville, but I don't see where it's going to come from. Their offense is non-existent and their defense is suspect. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the the offensive production is in their midfield. Um, they they don't have much of a problem getting into the final third. It's producing once they're there. But with the amount of speed and pressure that they play with, because 
I mean, we've seen it week after week. Um, they play very high. They play very fast. Um, you know, their offensive line is very high. Their defensive line is very high. They fly around the field. I mean, this could be a team that gives one knocks a lot of issues. Yeah. Like I said, I just, I don't know. I don't know on the Twins. And I mean, both teams have tough, tough people next week after this upcoming week. So, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I think one Knox only had one shot on target against Tormenta as well. So it's like, you know, two pretty anemic offenses, um, offensive performances, and now they're going to meet. Hmm. I think, man, for this one, I would probably go with a, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go with a Fuego win. That's fair. Yeah. Well, Alex, we kept you on for for quite a bit tonight. Before we uh, sign off, do you have any big projects uh, coming out? Any articles, podcasts, episodes, anything like that? No, just, uh, just the normal. Yeah. Um, not, not, nothing, nothing big at the moment. Cool. Uh, wish I did, but, uh, you know, sometimes the, the paying, the paying job and, and the family stuff, uh, comes first. Yep. So, uh, exactly. yeah, nothing, nothing big, just, uh, you know, just, just doing the best I can with, uh, with what I got. Cool. Well, anybody out there who is watching or listening, uh, feel free to follow Alex, follow league one updater. Uh, he's got some articles. He's got the podcast going. Uh, the guy is busy with some of the the league coverage, um, you know, both for Richmond and the club as in, in general. So uh, give him a like, give him a follow, and uh, keep up to date on all the action that's happening over in his realm of the of the I don't know landscape as well. He's doing a great job over there. So we appreciate Alex not only joining us tonight, but also all the work that you do um, to cover all the the soccer developments here. Yeah, likewise, both of you. Yeah. Big fans uh, of the show, obviously. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we'll definitely be inviting you to uh, plenty of episodes in the um, in the future. So uh, thanks for joining tonight, and we'll definitely be seeing you again. <laughs> yeah. All right, Alex, we appreciate you. Thanks, man. <laughs> See you. <clears throat> yeah. Super knowledgeable. Alex, I feel like when you and Alex were uh, – they're talking together it's just like i'm just gonna step back because you two are like way more knowledgeable about it a lot of this <laughs> stuff than i am you guys both have that like photographic memory of like oh yeah last week this happened and i'm just like it happened didn't it <laughs> off the top of my head i can't get that stuff so. you can't see it but i've got the, the tabs open over here so i'm, I'm ha- i have my reference over here i don't have that photographic memory like he does <laughs> And Tim, uh, can you say the website again? He uh, does League One Updater. I don't know if he's on Mastodon. Um, I know that he's on Twitter and uh, he has his own website. He does some podcasting and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely look up League One Updater. Yeah, uh, It'll be League One spelled out number one and then spelled out updater. Yeah, on Twitter. And then his actual website is just league one updater 
com. Yeah. So yeah, definitely check him out because he's he's doing great stuff as well. Yeah. We always like to anytime we get anybody on that's doing the work. It's it's a group effort out here for for all of us and trust me, I love listening to everybody's podcasts and and reading all their stuff too because it it definitely makes the day go by quicker and it it helps me do the show on especially on stuff that I don't get to watch as often or I'm not as knowledgeable about some teams. I'll listen to their podcast and and kind of get the get the rundown on them before I come on and do my rewatch and talk about them here. So, yeah. And um I was just chatting with uh Rob over at Talking uh Flock and they had a recent episode where they talked about uh, where they had a, an interview with one of the guys behind the the production of some of the broadcasts. And um, that was an interesting discussion. So if you guys want to listen to a, a pretty cool interview, head over to um, Talk and Flock to, to hear about that whole scene. That's That was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So another thing that we wanted to let all of you know we are going to be doing a new uh, sort of a content thing coming up. We're going to be trialing it this week where we send out a poll to everybody on social media to ask which match you guys are most excited about. And that's going to be the one that we're going to be highlighting, that we're going to be discussing, breaking down, all that kind of stuff. So you'll see that uh, poll here pretty soon on social media. Yep. Um, so stay tuned for our big episode uh, Wednesday Wednesday night at this point. And uh, we're going to be throwing a, a bunch of information at you on Wednesday night. So that's going to be fun. Definitely. Outside of that, man, Brian, you got anything? I don't know. Um, I got the car fixed, so I will. Uh, yes. I'll be able to do the Wednesday show uh, cool. and not deprive the people of the content we've promised them. So, um <laughs> So that's good. Other than that, man, no, just uh, well with the, I'll say it now and I'll reiterate it as we get kind of closer to Saturday, but with it being a home game, anybody that's out at Warner, feel free to come up and say hi and grab a sticker or hang out and talk and ask, grab a beer or something. So see yeah. me out there, head on over. Come chat us up over at the tailgate and then at halftime, track down Brian and make sure that your halftime thoughts are heard because he's going to be there. He's going to be getting in some quotes from everybody and uh, he's going to be having a, a fun feature there with the, the thoughts from the beer line. Yeah. Uh, it's over by section one Oh five. That's where my seats are. Um, give me a minute or two because I usually run to the bathroom right as halftime starts. So um, I guess wait, wait for me outside the men's room and I'll let you guess which one it is. Cause there's a couple of them over there. I'll be ready to go. That's going to be fun. That'll be our, our first uh, true thoughts from the beer line this season. Yeah. Um, shitty weather makes it real hard to uh, either talk or get people to talk. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, well, I'll be delivering on the promise of some different content this time. Yep. 
All right, everybody, that is another reaction uh, Sunday from us here at uh, League One on the Rocks. So stay tuned for more content on social media. Stay tuned for our next um, big show on Wednesday. And then we'll follow it up with a, another hype show on Friday. Uh, we're going to have uh, Rico uh, from the guys over at Winners and Losers uh, join us for a bit to uh, discuss all things League One related and U.S. Open Cup related and all that kind of stuff. He's got a lot of coverage going on, so we're excited to chat with him. Definitely. Yep. All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of League One on the Rocks, and we will be back very soon.